and I taught the thing. Now read it again, and God will just reveal something fresh to me. So I pray that the Word of God just becomes continually fresh to all of us. First John. Now, because we're doing the first chapter tonight, you'll notice there's only 10 verses in the chapter. I think that's kind of good. Because I would like to do an introduction and overview and then chapter 1, the first 10 verses of the book. Maybe actually the next two verses of chapter 2. It's all one section. Because in going and looking at an overview of the book, it's going to help going through in the ensuing weeks understanding how and why the book is put together. It'll click to you more than it ever has before. And then we won't have to just stop at every little section. We can kind of breeze through it the next time over. You'll notice that there is no address in this book. It doesn't say John to the church of so-and-so. It is simply a letter at large. It doesn't have an address, but it's written by John, the beloved apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, who walked and talked and moved around with him. And it was probably written around 100 A.D., from Ephesus, because it is believed that John hung out in Ephesus, that was his headquarters, and he actually pastored a church in Ephesus. Paul came and established a work, grew it up for two years. John eventually took it over and became the pastor of Ephesus and was in charge of a number of churches in the area. And that he wrote this epistle from Ephesus to a number of churches for which he had charge. Obviously, this book is written by a pastor who loved his flock or flocks very much. There's a tone of love and yet there's a tone of sternness warning them because of the false teachings that have arisen during this time. First John was written during a very, very interesting time in church history and it's something we can relate to. Being about 100 A.D., the Christians that he is writing to were not fresh, just born again, establishing the early church type of Christians like you have in the book of Acts. These are second and even third generation Christians. And that freshness that was in the early church in the book of Acts isn't around anymore. Where people were just excited about a fresh work. There was now the tendency, now that it's gotten second and third generation, it's been around a while, the tendency for nominalism to creep into the church. Half-heartedness, apathy, hanging around, just attending the services, going home, doing your job, going to church, and that's it. That freshness had escaped the early church. That's why it's always healthy to have a bunch of baby Christians around. It's always healthy to have some kind of turnover and see people coming to know the Lord through evangelism in a church on a regular basis. It keeps things hopping. There's a lot of zeal and a lot of activity with young Christians. Now, I think in every church there should be a healthy mix. The very young and the very mature. The very mature can guide and help along and disciple the very young, and the in-between can help out each other. And Jesus said, actually, that would happen. Some would bear forth fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and some 100-fold. Now, there are some people that disdain young Christians. Oh, you just got a bunch of young Christians over there. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. 
because Christians tend to settle too much, get too comfortable, too stale sometimes. And often when they see great zeal and excitement, movement of the Holy Spirit in a certain area, they'll just chalk it up to somebody being a young Christian. Oh, he's zealous. Oh, yes. When I was a young Christian, I was like that too. Now that I'm old, mature, and staled quite a bit, I don't do that. It's always healthy to have that. John is writing to a group of people that are feeling the tendency to lose the edge a bit. There's a danger within the church. As you read the book through, there's not a trace of persecution going on. Remember 2 Peter? He's writing to a group of Christians who are being persecuted, being beaten up for the gospel. They were on their toes. Persecution is always healthy for the church. It separates the men.